grab some tea, get comfy, and get ready to kiki with Karyatu while we figure out how to laugh at the past, learn lessons in the present, and live for our future while loving every part of the process. Hey y'all, it's Karyatu and I want to welcome you to episode two of season one on Crown Convos. So first of all, I want to thank everybody for all of the support. Our first episode exceeded any expectations I could have ever had. Within, I think, 24 hours, we got over 100 plays. I cannot thank you guys enough. I was so surprised that all of y'all wanted to listen to me talk. (laughs) But honestly, I'm just super excited to see our growth and how far we're going to go with this. So as promised, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to continue to just tell you my stories while I try to pour into you all and hopefully inspire whoever it is that needs to be inspired. Y'all know my motto, if only one of y'all out of everyone that listens gets something out of it, then I have fulfilled my purpose. So last week we talked about how I got out of undergrad in just three years. And I know after you graduate, the next big question is, what are you doing next? So today's episode is going to be dedicated to my process of how I went from absolutely no offers in January to having three offers to choose from at the end of April. And y'all, it has been a crazy ride because Corona decided to make a special appearance in this very special time of my life. And choosing a career has been extremely difficult due to all of the uncertainties that the the pandemic brings. So without further ado, let's just get into the tea. The tea is y'all, I was not prepared. Coming into this last semester of undergrad, I had no clue what I was doing next. I have had zero, and I mean zilch, experience in the real world and on a job. I have never had a serious internship. I have never been in a setting where I was doing anything journalism or psychology related on a professional level. So I had no clue what I was going to do. My network was not strong. I had not attended any career fairs, nothing. So I was definitely nervous to see what the next step would be for me. Um, But I did realize that I had literally no options and I needed to start figuring things out quick, fast and in a hurry because baby time don't wait for nobody. Whether I was prepared or not, May 9th was going to come and that security blanket or safety net that is school was going to be ripped from underneath me. So my first thing I ran to was what I always know, which is just continuing my education. And that had always been a plan when I first went to school because I was on a psych track and I already knew I wanted to get more than a bachelor's to be what I want to be. So I went ahead and I started looking into programs. Now, the thing with that is there's this thing called the GRE that I'm sure nobody is looking forward to. So for me, everything hit me so fast with graduating early that I was not prepared to take that test. Like I just knew I'm not taking it. I have never even opened up a book that has a G, a R, or an E on it. I was not trying to pay all of that money and put in all of that work to take a test. Absolutely not. So I knew I wanted to find a program that didn't require the GRE, but was also accredited and ultimately just a good program. So I started off with where I was. I started looking into ANSI's different grad programs and I came across the mental health counseling program. Absolutely loved it. I fell in love with the brochure, with the overview, with the objectives and everything in between. 
So I knew that I wanted to apply there and I had some questions. So since I was on the campus, I went ahead and walked over to Gibbs Hall and I asked them two questions. One, do I have to get my transcript mailed literally across the street? And they said, of course, yes, because you know they love them some coin, but it's okay. And my next question was, does the mental health counseling program require the GRE? And when they said no, I felt like, ha, ah. <laughs> like this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. Cool. Bet. Started my application that evening and I was just super duper excited. Um, but also that's all I knew. So at first it was the feeling of excitement. And then I went to go visit one of my old psychology professors who I was asking to do a recommendation letter for me. And when I was in there talking to him, he kind of was asking me why I wanted to do that program and why I wanted to choose to go to get my master's at a and And I was telling him, you know, well, I don't have to take the GRE. I'm already familiar with Greensboro, yada, yada, yada. And he looked at me, he said, okay, that's nice. I support it. But I want you to look into FAMU's community psychology program. And I'm like, FAMU, like Florida A&M University, like Tallahassee, Florida. Like, I can't just get in the car and go home when I want to. Okay, I'm going to look at the little program, but I don't think I'm going to end up there, buddy. That's what was going through my head. But in that very instance, I still was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I need to step outside my comfort zone. If he thinks it's a good program, let me at least look into it. And if they say that I got to take the GRE, then boom, that's my excuse. I'm not taking it. So I don't got to apply. So I looked, y'all, and lo and behold, they said, if you have a GPA that's over 3.5, then you don't have to send in test scores. So now I'm like, all right, yeah, let me let me just apply. So their application process was actually much easier than a So I finished that one on January 30th, and I ended up finishing the a um, program application on January 31st and their early admission deadline was the February 3rd if I'm not mistaken so I finished that and I was just waiting on my recommendation letters and for my transcript to get sent literally across the street I'm still upset about that (laughs) but after that I just had to play the waiting game Um, I didn't know really when I was going to hear anything back um, from either school so I was just crossing my fingers hoping that at least one of them was going to be successful So throughout that process, I kind of just knew that I was just preparing myself to play the waiting game. And that's what I did for a good amount of February. I didn't hear anything back from either school. So I was just twiddling my thumbs, crossing my fingers. And then something came in and shook the table, y'all. I had kind of hit like a low point where I was just super duper anxious and nervous because I was hearing all these people talk about their full-time offers after college, what they were going to do. And baby, they had plans. They were looking at apartments in different cities and states. And I was just like, okay, baby, I'm not trying to go back home. Uh-uh. Not going to happen. <laughs> so for me, I made a vow to myself that I was just going to apply to every opportunity that fell into my lap. After much prayer, I just knew that God was going to have some more things coming for me. And I was going to leave that place with options and they was going to be fighting over me. OK, Um. so that breakdown that I had or that venting session that I had with my friend where I was just talking about how sad I was that I didn't have any offer offers was on either a Friday or a Saturday. And by that next Tuesday, um, a new opportunity presented itself. One of my friends, which is the campus rep for Teach for America, came into our 
classroom and had a presentation. So she was presenting what the program was and I had never really heard much about it. Like I've heard the name, but I didn't really know what they were about. So I took that time to look them up, get on their website and just read through everything. And I fell in love with the mission of the organization. So Teach for America focuses on educational inequity. So the goal is to recruit um, people that are really dedicated to being leaders and making change in the community. And you go through your training after you're placed into your respective regions, then you get hired in that region for whatever grade it is that you need and whatever they need. So you find a match and you start working. So you commit to two years, you're guided along the way, but you're a teacher, you want a teacher's salary, you want your own out there and you figuring that out while you have you know, this classroom that you're in charge of. So for me, I felt like this was a challenge, a challenge that I needed because I've been in school since I was three, y'all. Like. That's my whole life. <laughs> so I knew that I can do school, but I've never really, I haven't been challenged like that in a very long time. So I was excited. I'm like, okay, bet. These schools ain't saying nothing back. Fine. Don't even worry about it. I'm about to add another one to the mix. So I knew that I was going to apply to Teach for America. And from there, I kind of just took off. I applied on the 27th of February. And I knew what to expect with Teach for America because they had a timeline of when they were going to be getting back to us during each stage. So after I sent in the application, I felt a lot better about having some certainty in my life. And then on March 2nd, I get an email from North Carolina A&T's Graduate College and they invited me to an interview. So that was exciting because I know how rigorous that program is to get into. So I put myself in like a boot camp where I was trying to learn everything I could about the department, about the people in the department, about the different chairs of the department and trying to just prepare myself for the interview. I wanted to go into it as prepared as possible so I can be as comfortable as possible. That was on March 2nd and then in the middle of my boot camp, this was spring break and it was my mother's birthday. I got an email from Teach for America that evening saying that I had been invited for an interview. So A&T's interview was on March 12th and Teach for America's interview was on March 23rd. So this was the window that Corona decided to start, you know, creeping in and getting serious in the world. So my interview with the graduate college was right before they told us that we would be transitioning to online classes. So the interview was still physical. I went in and I just had a pep talk with myself before I walked in there. I was just like, listen, I don't care how young you look. I don't care how young you are. You're going to go in there and you're going to compete with the best of the best. Don't let nothing or no one intimidate you. You're here for a reason. I literally have to say things like that to myself because y'all know if you're an overthinker, you start thinking of everything that could possibly go wrong. And I did not want that to be on the forefront or on my heart while I walked into such an important interview. I went into the interview, y'all, and I kid you not, when something aligns with your purpose, there's a feeling that you can't even describe. I just felt at ease. All the spirit of anxiety and nervousness left my body the moment that I walked into that building. I just felt like that was where I needed to be. And it gives me goosebumps because I really can't describe it. Throughout every part of that rigorous interview, I was happy. I'm talking on cloud nine. We had a writing prompt after I was done writing. I'm like, I want to write some more. Ask me another question. <laughs> then we had a group interview where they kind of just wanted perspective. And that conversation was just flowing. I was open to other perspectives while still staying true to what it was that I believed in. I felt great. Then we had the one-on-one -on -one interview and it was amazing. 
they fell in love with my brand babies, Boys to Kings and Crown Corner. And I just felt so proud being in a room knowing that I'm already taking steps to what I want to do in the future. So I left the interview feeling amazing. I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do anything. Come on, Teach for America, what you got? So then I started to prepare myself for that interview. They had different processes as well. You had to teach um, a five minute course or a lesson and they had different scenarios and then they just the regular interview questions. So that interview ended up being the day after everybody was supposed to leave campus because of Corona. My grad pictures were on March 22nd. I remember that day so vividly because that was the day that everyone had to be gone by eight eight o'clock that evening, which is why I was able to do crazy things in my pictures, like sit on top of the railing um, in the student center and not have anybody in there or in the shots and stuff. So, I mean, it worked out for me, but the interview for Teach for America, again, was amazing. I felt like, dang, I can do this. I can't wait to have a classroom. I can't wait to hear the little kitties call me Miss Jala. Like, I was just ready. So now I'm like, dang, this is what I was waiting for. I wanted options. Now I got options and I don't know what to do. Mind you, I had not gotten that one acceptance letter, but that's neither here or there. I was very optimistic, okay? So after that, again, I was playing the waiting game, just trying to hear back from both North Carolina A&T and Teach for America. So the way that the acceptances started rolling in was I got accepted into grad school first. I got my acceptance on April 2nd, and I got my Teach for America acceptance on April 13th. So now it was time to make the decision and it was not easy. I loved how I felt after both interviews and I I knew that my purpose could align with both programs. So some of the things that were running through my head and just brought up in discussions with my loved ones were school is always going to be there. I can always go back and get my master's. I gave myself a year of wiggle room. I can use that go out, do Teach for America, get that experience that I haven't been able to get yet in the real world, learn skills and grow, and then go back and get my master's. Or after a year of locking in with Teach for America, starting a master's program during my last year of my commitment. So that was one side of my brain. And then the other side of my brain was, this is a part of your purpose. You already know you're going to come back to this. Go ahead and knock it out. You can still create your own experiences. Y'all, when I say I went back and forth in my head for what feels like forever, I'm not being dramatic. One day I'll talk to somebody and I'll be like, yeah, I made up my mind. That's it. And then the next morning I wake up and I see something. I'm like, this is a sign. I changed my mind. But time was running away from me. So on April 23rd, which was a week before my final deadline, I made a decision accepted an offer and immediately closed my laptop because I couldn't believe what I had just done. I prayed that I had made the right decision because I was so nervous and I didn't tell anybody. But before I get to the final decision, I just want to take this time to say, if you are in a position where you're uncertain of what your life is going to be like, reflect. Think about if you're applying yourself Think about if you're putting in as much effort as you could be and think about what it is that you want to do with your life, not the life that you've built with another person, not the life that your mama wants for you or your daddy wants for you, 
the life that you see for yourself. What do you want your legacy to be? And when you're moving, move strategically. Don't just do things because you can. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Really take time to think about what it is that you want to do and ask yourself, is what I'm doing now serving me any purpose? Am I setting myself up for my future? If the answer to that is no or uncertain, keep trying. Keep trying to find what it is that's out there. If that means you have to decline offers that don't align with your purpose, do it. You don't want to stay in a place for money and you're unhappy. Because as you can see, life happens. There are people right now that are successful journalists and because of a pandemic, they're out of work. They don't have a job to come back to. And they've been in the game for years. None of this stuff matters if it's not purpose-filled work. Because your purpose is going to follow you everywhere. You don't need to be able to go outside to make your impact. Figure out what it is that you're supposed to do. It's yours. And it's so, 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 so special. If I haven't learned anything from this process, it's that you can do anything you put your mind to and you work towards. Because you can think it all day. But if you, if you don't make those moves and do what you got to do, nothing's just going to come knocking at your front door. Apply yourself. Don't worry about all the rejections you've gotten in the past. Tell yourself that there's no way you're getting another and work your behind off to back it up. Say it, stand on it, and bet on yourself. That's what I did. And on April 30th, I ended up getting my final offer, which was from FAMU. At this point, my decision was made but it felt so good looking back to January, just a couple of months ago, not having any options at all, to now turning 21, graduating a year early with three amazing options and offers. That felt good. Me in January would have never believed it. But if my mindset in January didn't change, I would never be able to celebrate the success today. So it's all in your mindset, y'all. And without any more delay, I am so proud to announce I will be pursuing my master's degree in mental health counseling with a focus in clinical counseling at North Carolina A&T, expected to graduate in about two and a half years with a marriage and family therapist license. Y'all, I'm staying. So to everybody that was sending me all your nice DMs, it was so hard for me to not say, girl, stop, don't worry about it. I'm still gonna be here. We still gonna be able to do that thing and build that bond um, because I knew but y'all didn't know. And now y'all know. I hope I made the decision that's right for me. Scratch that. I trust I made the decision that's right for me because I followed my gut. I knew I, I could have been a um, teacher, y'all. I'm talking Miss Jala, my favorite teacher forever. And I could have definitely left my mark. But there was a feeling that I still cannot describe from the day that I walked into Proctor Hall and did that interview. And I'm trusting that. I don't think it's going to be easy at all. But I think that it's where I'm meant to be. And it's setting me up for my future plans. So I hope I gave you all a little bit of encouragement. If you don't have any offers... It's okay. What isn't okay is you not applying yourself. So get out there, trust God, trust yourself and trust your instincts. And I pray that you all make decisions that help better you and prepare you for your future. 
I love y'all so much. And I can't wait to talk to y'all next week. Bye.